This is the Scottish Football Citizen, bringing you the best of Scottish football from the past. I'm Andy Kerr, and this week I'm joined by Jim Orr as we look back on an unfortunate decade of ifs, buts and maybes as Scotland make their way through qualification for three World Cup tournaments in 1962, 1966 and 1970. Before we dive into this week's topic, we have your weekly dose of trivia for you. Which team was the last to win the Scottish Cup with only Scottish players? We'll give you the answer at the end of the podcast. Scotland had successfully qualified for the World Cup in 1950, 1954 and 1958. Despite refusing their invitation to play in Brazil in 1950, they had competed in two tournaments and while their qualification for both of these was successful, the tournaments had not gone off without any hitches. 1954 was a shambles from start to finish, and 1958 was a disappointment on the pitch, with unusual team selections and poor individual performances. The country and the national team looked towards the 1960s optimistically, especially as UEFA were launching a new European Championship that would be played two years after each World Cup tournament. Having chosen Matt Busby to manage the national side in 1958, he only took charge of two games before the tragic Munich Air disaster left Dawson Walker managing the side at the 1958 World Cup in Sweden. The SFA had been convinced that the national team needed a manager taking the team instead of the old-fashioned selection committee, and Andy Beattie was convinced to return as manager, albeit on a part-time basis with his day job at Carlisle United. However, he was offered the Nottingham Forest job in November 1960 and left a vacancy that was filled by Ian McCall. McCall had had a successful playing career at Rangers under the management of Bill Struth and was determined to get the most out of a very talented pool of Scotland players. In his time with Scotland, he would win two home international championships in 1962 and 1963, beating England twice. The 1962 victory at hand and over the old enemy came through goals from the Rangers duo of Davy Wilson and Eric Caldo, who scored a penalty to secure her victory. The 1963 win at Wembley was a 2-1 victory courtesy of a double from Slim Jim Baxter. Given that Scotland's last Wembley encounter at that point was the infamous 9-3 humiliation two years prior when the Celtic goalkeeper Frank Haffey was blamed for the debacle, this restored Scotland's pride and gave them two successive wins over the old enemy, both home and away. The 1962 World Cup was to be held in Chile and Scotland had been drawn against Czechoslovakia and the Republic of Ireland to qualify. The campaign to qualify for Chile began on the 3rd of May 1961 at Hampden Park as the Republic of Ireland were the visitors. Scotland easily saw off the Republic 4-1 thanks to doubles from Ralph Brand in the first half and David Heard in the second half. Four days later, on the 7th of May, Scotland were in Dublin for the return fixture, this time beating Ireland 3-0 thanks to an early double for Alec Young 
and the late goal from Ralph Brand. With four points on the board, Scotland were looking good and playing well. One week after the game in Dublin, Scotland were off to Bratislava to play Czechoslovakia. After the two victories over Ireland, confidence would have been high in the Scotland camp, but a disappointing 4-0 win for Czechoslovakia now meant that to have a chance of qualifying, Scotland would have to win at Hamden in September. Pat Crennan became only the third Scotland player ever to be sent off in this match for fighting with an opponent. Scotland went behind early at Hamden against Czechoslovakia, but equalised through Ian St John after 21 minutes. The visitors went ahead early in the second half, but a double from Dennis Law made it 3-2 to Scotland and the game ended that way. Scotland and Czechoslovakia both finished the group on six points, but despite the Czechs having a greater goal difference than the Scots, the group would be decided by a playoff match at a neutral venue. The two sides would duke it out at the Heisel Stadium in Brussels, Belgium, to see who would be making the long trip across the Atlantic. The team selected for this match was Eddie Conaghan, Eric Caldo, Alec Hamilton, Ian Ewer, Jim Baxter, Pat Crerand, Dennis Law, Ian St John, John White, Ralph Brand, and Hugh Robertson. It was a strong team, but it was a team that was missing players such as Bill Brown, Billy McNeil, Duncan Mackay, Alex Scott, and Davy Wilson, who all withdrew through injury. Scotland went ahead in the 38th minute with a goal from Dennis Law to make it 1-0 to Scotland at the break. The Czechs equalised through Yiri Hledic in the 70th minute, but almost immediately afterwards Dennis Law managed to score another goal to put Scotland 2-1 ahead. With less than 20 minutes to go, it looked like Scotland's good record in qualifying would continue. But with 6 minutes left on the clock, Adolf Scherer equalised once again for Czechoslovakia. The match went into extra time and Scotland, missing their regulars, conceded two more goals and lost 4-2. In the end, the Czechs went on to the final of the competition only to be thwarted by Pele's Brazil. So there may have been no shame in losing to one of the best teams in the world, but some Scotland fans of a certain age consider the early 60s team to be Scotland's greatest ever. As Pat Crennan put it in 2017, I still say that was the best Scottish team. I think we would have done well at that World Cup. It was to be glorious failure at the final hurdle for Scotland, a theme that would unfortunately continue for Scotland fans down the years. With the disappointment of that night in Belgium out of the way, Scotland's next attempt to qualify for a World Cup would be a tournament held by their neighbours. FIFA awarded England the 1966 tournament and Scotland would be desperate to qualify with it being held so close to home. Ian McCall still had many of the great players from the early 60s at his disposal and was hoping that failure to qualify for Chile would simply be a blip. Scotland was placed in a qualifying group alongside Finland, Poland and Italy. Italy had a strong side that included Inter's Sandro Mazzola 
Gianno Facetti and Milan's Gianni Rivera, amongst others, and would be considered the group favourites. With only one side qualifying, it was sure to be a tough test. Scotland started their campaign on the 21st of October 1964 at Hamden and saw Finland 3-1 thanks to first-half goals from Dennis Law, Stevie Chalmers and Dave Gibson. The next qualifying match would be on the 23rd of May 1965 when Scotland travelled to Warsaw to play Poland. The Scots recovered from being a goal down to equalise through Dennis Law and the match ended 1-1. Four days later, Scotland travelled to Helsinki to play Finland and got off to a bad start as they went 1-0 down within five minutes. Davy Wilson equalised before half-time and John Gregg scored the winner in the 50th minute as Scotland won 2-1. This match was to be Ian McCall's last qualifying for Scotland as he was offered the job of Sunderland manager in August 1965. In his time as Scotland boss, he won 16 of his 27 games and has the second highest win ratio of any Scotland boss to date. The SEV turned to Jock Steen, and he was able to combine his regular job at Celtic Park with managing Scotland. His first qualifier as Scotland boss came against Poland at Hampden Park on the 13th of October 1965. He got off to a great start when Billy McNeil scored after 13 minutes. Things looked good until late in the game when the Poles scored a late double and Scotland lost 2-1. The two games against Italy would now be crucial and Steen would have to make six changes from the lineup against Poland to deal with Italy. The Italians came to Hamden on the 9th of November 1965 and the game against them was very tight. Italy would only need a draw to qualify and defending came as second nature to many of the Serie A stars in the Azzurri team. With the score level at 0-0 in the 88th minute, a deft pass was played to John Gregg and he fired the ball into the Italians' net to win the game 1-0 for Scotland. All Scotland had to do now was get a win in Naples in the return match and they would be going to the World Cup in England. While Italian football was famous for its catenaccio system of defensive football, a raft of injuries to the Scotland players meant that Steen had to set up defensively and go against his attacking instincts as a manager. Despite his issues with a limited squad, Steen was in all probability the perfect manager to counteract a defensive catenaccio system. In his time with Dunfermline Athletic in 1963, both he and co manager Willie Waddle had travelled to Milan as guests of the great Argentinian manager of Internazionale, Helenio Herrera. The two managers witnessed the Nerazzurri players hard at work and watched Herrera with intent during their visit. Knowing how Italian football was played, this would surely be invaluable to the Scots. The return fixture in the famous Stadio San Paolo took place on the 7th of December 1965, and it was a night to forget for Scotland as they lost 3-0. The defensive setup of Steen's team was no match for the Italian defensive style, which got the Italians the crucial result that took them to the 1966 World Cup. Italy would go on to crash out of their group after defeats to the Soviet Union and North Korea. As for the eventual winners of the World Cup, well, we'll talk about them later. Steen spent the evening after the match in a hotel bar with Giacinto Facetti, picking his brains with napkin diagrams 
in order to further his knowledge of the Italian defensive style. Steen stepped down from his national team duties after this to focus on Celtic, where he put this knowledge to good use by beating Herrera and Facetti's inter-team in the 1967 European Cup final. As for Scotland, it was back to the drawing board and John Prentice was hired to replace Steen. Prentice would only last four games before Kilmarnock's Malky McDonald took temporary charge for two games. The SFA then hired Bobby Brown from St Johnson. The 1966-67 season was arguably the best season ever for Scottish football. In that season, Celtic brought the European Cup back to Glasgow. Rangers reached the final of the Cup Winners' Cup, where they took the mighty Bayern Munich to extra time, and Kilmarnock reached the semi-finals of the Fair Cities Cup, where they lost to Don Revy's swaggering Leeds United. And it's impossible not to mention the national team's biggest result in 1967 in the Home International Championships, where Bobby Brown's first game in charge of Scotland would come at Wembley against England. This was quite a task, as the English were unbeaten since winning the World Cup the previous year, and the Home International Championship was on the line with this game. Only a win for Scotland would secure the title. A draw, or a win for England, would see them take the title. A swashbuckling performance from the Scots team saw them emerge as 3-2 winners, with goals from Dennis Law, Bobby Lennox and Jim McCallieog. Late efforts from Jack Charlton and Jeff Hurst were a mere consolation as the English lost their title and their winning streak as Scotland became unofficial world champions. With a brilliant debut result in the dugout, Brown would be hoping to take the country to the next World Cup. The 1970 World Cup was to be held in Mexico and Scotland were drawn against Cyprus, Austria and West Germany in their qualifying group. Having reached the 1966 final, West Germany were hot favourites to win the group. Talk about a group of death. Qualification for Scotland started on the 6th of November 1968 at home to Austria. An early goal for the away side through August Starek was quickly cancelled out by a Dennis Law equaliser and Billy Bremner would score the winner in the second half. A 2-1 win for Scotland at Hamden and a good start to the group. On the 11th of December 1968, Scotland got a bit of winter sun with a trip to Cyprus, who were very much the group underdogs. Scotland emerged with a 5-0 victory, courtesy of doubles from Alan Gozin and Colin Steen, in addition to a solo goal from Bobby Murdoch. The next qualifier for Scotland came against West Germany at Hamden on the 16th of April 1969. A Gerd Müller goal not long before half-time meant that the Germans were up 1-0 at the break. But with five minutes until full-time, Bobby Murdoch equalised to end the game with a creditable 1-1 draw against a world-class side. It was halfway through the group now, and Scotland had got five points. But after this result, they would need to win all of their games in order to pip the West Germans to qualification. On the 17th of May 1969, Cyprus came to Hamden, only to be battered by the home side. Scotland won the match 8-0, yes, 8-0, and the scorers were Eddie Gray, Billy McNeil, Willie Henderson, Tommy Gemmell and Colin Steen. 
Colin Steen scored four goals in this match. It would be 46 years before another Scotland player scored three or more goals in a match, when Stephen Fletcher netted three times against Gibraltar in March 2015. Having played all their home games, Scotland now had two away ties. Both of them must win games against West Germany and Austria respectively. On the 22nd of October 1969, Scotland travelled to Hamburg and got off to a fantastic start against the Germans when Jimmy Johnston netted within three minutes of the game starting. The Germans equalised in the 39th minute though and Gerd Müller put them ahead in the 59th minute but a quick Alan Gozin equaliser put Scotland back level at 2-2. With 11 minutes to go, disaster struck as Reinhard Buda scored West Germany's winner. Having played one more game than Scotland at this point, West Germany were through to the World Cup and it was to be another missed tournament for Scotland. The final group game for Scotland against Austria was played in Vienna on the 5th of November 1969 and with nothing to play for, the Austrians beat Scotland 2-0 in a disappointing night with Helmut Redl scoring both goals. While there was no shame in losing to the West Germans who went on to finish third in Mexico, failing to qualify for three World Cups on the bounce was a big disappointment. In a decade where their closest rivals had hosted and won a tournament, Scotland had failed, albeit very narrowly in 1962, to make it to a tournament and banish the ghosts of the tournaments of the 1950s. However, as a new decade dawned, so did the hope of making it to another tournament. At the start of the podcast, we asked you which team was the last to win the Scottish Cup with only Scottish players in their team. The answer is St Mirren in 1987. Alex Smith's buddies upset the odds and managed to defeat Jim McLean's fearsome yet exhausted Dundee United team at Hamden to take the cup back to Paisley for the first time since 1959. The Buddies team that year included players such as Campbell Money, Ian Ferguson, Paul Lambert, Billy Abercrombie, Kenny McDowell, Frank McGarvey and Tony Fitzpatrick. Disappointingly for Paul Lambert, his manager didn't allow him to take part in the celebrations that night as he was only 17. This win was the Saints' third Scottish Cup win in their history, having first won the competition in 1926 and later in 1959. Dundee United's team in 1987 also consisted of only Scots. A final with exclusively Scottish players is unlikely to ever take place again. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Scottish Football Citizen. Subscribe to us on your favourite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And join us again next week when we'll be looking back at more of the best of Scottish football from the past. If you'd like an extra football fix in your inbox every Tuesday, you can subscribe to Football Memories Scotland's weekly newsletter, The Football Special, and receive an email full of excellent pictures and stories from days gone by. To find out more, email lindsay at lindsay.hamilton at scottishfootballmuseum.org.uk
www.jimmoore.co.uk We'd also like to let you know about Jim Moore's latest play in his Bend It Like series, which is being performed at Webster's Theatre in Glasgow. Bend It Like Bertie focuses on Lisbon Lion Bertie Old through the eyes of two Celtic fans, Denise and Danny. While the first three evening performances have sold out, at the time of recording, there are still tickets available for the matinee performance of the show on Saturday the 4th of September. Tickets cost £15, and £1 from each ticket sold goes directly to Football Memories Scotland. For tickets and more information, go to webstersglasgow.com and click on What's On, or search for Bend It Like Bertie. The Scottish Football Citizen is written, edited and produced by Andy Kerr for Football Memories Scotland, in association with Alzheimer Scotland and the Scottish Football Museum. Additional contributions from Robert Harvey, Jim Orr, Lindsay Hamilton and Richard McBrearty. Additional material from the Glasgow Times, the Scottish Football Blog, these Football Times, BBC Sports Scotland, the Glasgow Herald, Scottish Football Association and the Scottish Football Museum Archive.